Where are we at in society today? Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a new episode of Out of Line, episode two. I'm joined with a recurring guest. Well, not well, recurring guest from my old show, recurring guest now, Liam. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? All right. I'm still a little traumatized from last week. Uh, a big weekend of college football. Um, one of the first things I want to get into is uh, Texas back to being – Texas is finally back to being back in the greatest loss of all time. Um, that has to be the first time I've ever seen a loss get them ranked other than that time when Fresno State lost to Alabama, which, mm-hmm. which the college football playoff committee used to just used to help Alabama by ranking Fresno State at 25. That's the only other time a, ra- a loss got a team ranked. Um, I also think like I don't know how much of this game you got to watch. I didn't get to mo- watch that much of it, but I, I know everything that happened. I actually think that Texas look like a better team than Alabama. The thing is, what's so interesting to me about this game um, is not it's not so much the win-loss thing. Like, the win-loss thing in this game is so unimportant. It's so insignificant. The thing is, is that I picked Alabama to cover 20 points. I bet on them to cover 20 points. I was dead wrong. And I'm still happy about the result of this game, even though it costed me money. I'm still happy about the result of this game for, for a few reasons. First of all, I do find it – I do think college football's in a better place when Texas is competitive against Alabama, a team like Texas. A Texas, a USC, a Notre Dame, a Michigan, whatever these sort of big brand teams are that haven't been very good in recent years. I think that when those teams are able to be compete against the powerhouse of Alabama that is often perceived as, oh, Alabama's going to win it all again – I think that's good for college football. The other thing is, is that this totally caught me off guard because when you look at a team like Texas, they hired Steve Sarkeesian last year. Steve Sarkeesian doesn't exactly – like Texas has gone through this revolving door of head coaches that they've had for a couple of years. They've stunk and they fired them, whether you're talking about Charlie Strong to Tom Herman and now Steve Sarkeesian – it's like, I just never saw this coming, especially considering that Steve Sarkeesian is one of Nick Saban's 
former assistants. And Nick Saban has a very strong record against his former assistants. Like, I just did not see this coming. Well, so I just look at my phone now. So on Tuesday, I texted you. I said, I hate how much I love Texas on Saturday. Might be my game of the year, which I responsibly put a lot of units on. You said, what you said, WTF, you like Texas? And I said, no chance they lose by 20, might win the game outright. 20 is insane. <laughs> and, well, frankly, I mean, frankly, Texas. You were right. It, you were but, right. Well, and frankly, I think Texas won. I mean, obviously, the, they didn't win the final score, but there was a call, that, the safety call, which I know you didn't you you didn't watch the game live, but the safety call. I, was, I saw the play that. Um, the safety call was uh, should have been a safety. And Clearly, it was a safety. It was a terrible call. <laughs> And then the the um, twenty five yard run at the end of the or whatever it was thirty or whatever by Bryce Young there was I mean beyond the hold on Alabama on hold. so Alabama is the only team that gets away with a hold like that that yeah exactly so I, I mean t- Texas besides that won the game but you I knew I mean I I think that I, I knew immediately as soon as Texas kicked the field goal with a minute left that Alabama was going to score I mean there was way too much time on the clock. When they yeah. had a feeling, and and in Texas, frankly, on the run that was a hold, but the Bryce Young run, they had him wrapped up for a sack, and didn't finish the tackle. So um, yeah, I mean, it was, it it was, um, it was a uh, it was it was a good uh, it was a good game from them, and they they should have finished it off. Yeah, Texas should, like I said, Texas should have won that game, and you're also not even mentioning the fact that most of the game they were playing with a backup quarterback. That. That's another thing. And Alabama offensively was horrible. They had like six punts in a row, Alabama. That's how bad That's how bad their, their offense was. And it was against a team like Texas. Texas is not known for having good defenses. I mean, in recent years, Texas has not been – I mean, Texas has never had good defenses. It's not like it's, uh, it's against like some ground and pound or, you know, de- a team that is known for having like the best defenses. None of that was happening. Like, none, Texas is never known for that. Uh, and, and Texas, like, they were really just – and they also had a bunch of pass attempts, too. Like, Texas, they were in that game strictly from their passing game. They didn't even run the ball that much. It was really mostly from their passing game. Uh, they, it, they, were, they, weren't in the, they weren't in the game. They were winning the game most of the time. They weren't yeah, they in the game, winning, winning the game. Like, like I said, like we said before, they should have won the game. Should've like, won, they yeah. looked like the better team. Um, and, and I never is- thought I'd look to see the day that I would ever say that about Texas over Alabama. I never thought that would ever happen. And and at the end of the game, the 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 kid on Alabama doing the horns down after you eked out a win when you were twenty point fa- favorites, insane. Yeah, yeah, that is an unbelievable move. That is, a, I could be wrong. I think Nick Saban yelled at him for that. He did. He said, "Stop doing that shit." Yeah, because that's some. That's just unbelievable asshole move. After the game, I could kind of see you doing that during a, if you like get a sack during the game. But and maybe if they won by Alabama, celebrating a win like this is embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, it's it's just embarrassing. Honestly, you know what the funny thing is? I'm actually surprised Nick Saban was willing to go on the road. Yeah, well, it's part of the home and home thing, but they're going to have to play Texas on the road a, a few times, obviously, over the next few years. So, when Texas yeah. the SEC, so yeah. But I just thought I didn't understand that. I understand that's Alabama, but I don't think that any anybody who is not Alabama would not be a twenty point favorite in Texas, Georgia, Texas, 
I don't know if they, they would not be a 20. I think they would. I think the odds makers like Georgia more than they like Alabama. Well, they were way off on this. They were way off, obviously. Um, they, obviously, they're, they're humans. They can't perfectly predict everything. Alabama only scored Georgia, 20. What? They only scored 20. Yeah. <laughs> they only scored 20. <laughs> like, like, they couldn't even cover – yeah, you're right. They couldn't even cover the spread against nobody, against right. zero. Yeah, they would have pushed a, a shutout. Yeah, they would have, right. That would have been a push. So you're right about that. I think that – I mean, going to what you're saying, I think Georgia would have been um, – Georgia would have been uh, – maybe would have been bigger uh, favorites against Texas because it seems like the betting app – I could be wrong, but it seems like they like Georgia more than they like Texas. Um, Alabama. I, I mean, uh, more than they like – I'm sorry, Alabama. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy – Unfortunately, I, 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 can, I can never watch too much of the noon games. Most of the noon games aren't very good anyway, but sometimes there's one good noon game. Uh, so, you know, th- this was just crazy. I'm also loving – I hate how much I love Texas to win the Big 12. Uh, yeah, I agree. No, no, like, I hate how much I love it. I understand it might be a really stupid decision, but I'm really liking the odds for it, for Texas to win the Big 12. Yeah, I agree. I, I – uh... I, I I actually think, yeah, I agree. Wait, I, I don't see anyone else. Baylor, I think, didn't look great on Saturday. Oklahoma, I think, right now. Big twelve against winner. Nebraska. Oklahoma plus one ninety. Texas plus two eighty. The thing with Oklahoma is we don't really know how good they really are yet. They haven't played anybody that good. I know they struggled in the first half against Kent State, and we're going to get into Oklahoma a little bit when we pick the games. But I, I don't know. I mean, they have a whole new system. Um, I know Oklahoma fans like Brent Venables a lot. Um, apparently, they're better defensively because um, uh, under Brent Venables, um, I like Dylan Gabriel. I like I, I like that part of it, um, but it, I don't know. We just don't know yet because they haven't played anybody good. It's week two. We really don't know that much yet. Just, See, I, 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 Oklahoma State would be a dark horse for me too. Yeah, Maybe not but, a dark horse because they're ranked number eight, but the odds really for them good. don't look very good. Baylor, no, no, screw that with Baylor. Uh, the thing with um. The, the thing with um, um, o- Oklahoma and uh, like o- Oklahoma, well, they're going to play Nebraska, so we'll get into that a little bit. Um, I, I still think Texas has a chance. I still think Texas has a chance. I agree. Um, what I was going to say was uh, the AP, this goes to show you, this game goes to show you how much of a massive boondoggle piece of shit the preseason rankings are. They don't know shit. Not only they don't know anything, okay? They don't know. I mean, like, I don't even think recruiting classes tell you that much about how good a team is going to be. Right. I don't even know if that necessarily does. No, um, of course not. Texas went from unranked to ranked after a loss. That goes to show you that they don't know anything in the preseason. The thing is, they don't know anything about the teams, and they don't have to. Because the thing with the AP poll is, Here's the thing. My view on things is if it's not your industry to do something, I don't expect you to get it right. For instance, if like it's like with me doing this show, it doesn't matter if I'm right about my picks or about my predictions. So don't just trust me to get everything right, because it's not like this show is not going to exist without me getting it right. Or I make more money or some type of financial incentive. 
For me, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with these people, with the AP poll. You're not firing the AP poll if they get it all wrong with the rankings and if they don't accurately mm. measure what the who the best teams are. Last week, Pitt played Tennessee. Tennessee were six point fi- uh, favorites on the road. Pitt were seven were ranked seven points ahead of Tennessee. What does that tell you? It tells you that the ranking that the AP poll didn't really get. What it are you right. talking about? Pitt, uh, Tennessee was the favorite. That's what I'm saying. Tennessee. You just said favorite. that Pitt was ranked seven points ahead of them. They were. Pitt's ranked seven points behind. If at the time Pitt was ranked 17, Tennessee was t- Tennessee was ranked 24. Are you saying that positions? Right, right. In the AP rankings. Okay. In the AP rankings, Pitt was ranked seven points ahead of Tennessee. Yet Pitt were yet Tennessee were the six point favorites on the road. So I clearly see. the AP poll, they didn't really get it right. So anyway, we go on this we could go on about this forever. So and and you see so many examples of it. Like so that's why I don't pay attention. The AP poll, there is there it's so meaningless. I don't care what they think about anything. I, I just like I just don't trust them. I look at the odds. I care about the odds a lot more. So anyway, uh, BYU versus Baylor. Me and you stayed up to watch this game. I mm-hmm. stayed up. I watched the end. It's I watched all the late night games. BYU uh, and Baylor. I had the over in this game, and Baylor plus two and a half. So. I got screwed double because if Baylor didn't miss that extra point, I would have, I would have at least won one of those bets. Right. I wouldn't have won the over, but I would have at least won on 50, 50. I would have at least split it. Um, by the way, this is the worst weekend of kicking ever. So to, uh, last night I put together a little montage of the worst kicks of the weekend. Here it is. For the lead. Bad snap. And he's, Snapped, he snapped it. Trusting that Jermaine is going to get open, and Jake Hayner, great. Antonio for the point after, and it is. And fans, Vito Calvaruso for the tie, and that is. Oldroyd, they're not going to, and he misses it. He shanked it. No good. And he misses badly. Seven, Jake Oldroyd, the snap down. And he misses again. 137 to go in the first half. And the Yeah, so that was my little highlight reel that I made of all the uh, missed kicks. If you didn't notice, four of them were in one game. That's how bad the kicking was in the Baylor versus BYU game. And it screwed me over because it's like, that's not the only thing that screwed me over. The other thing that screwed me over was Baylor's terrible play calling at the end of the game. At the end of the game, they kept running the ball on like, uh, on like, uh, I'm sorry, they, they kept passing on like first second and down and then running on third down when clearly like, they have they first and goal of the three to tie the game. Yeah, yeah, but like the the thing is, they should have at least been able to score on that drive. Yeah, they should have at least been able to score. They were. Their play calls, like I said, their play calls were just so terrible. They easily, they kept running when they should have passed. They passed when they should have ran. It was just so bad. Uh, they should have, like, like I said, I didn't. I cared a lot more about the uh, 
the over because I had a little bit more money on that than I did on uh, Baylor. But even, but at least if Baylor had made that easy extra point, if right. the kicking was somewhat competent. Uh, right. But but the thing is, I was watching this game and I was freaking out watching BYU miss that because I okay, I'm going to win now. It's right. going to happen, and I really believed that I was going to be kept alive in this game just from bad kicking alone. Right. Yeah. It, well, and you also, I know this is a college show, but you could have gotten another two minutes on that montage from the NFL this weekend too. Yeah, I know. I really could have done that, but how much time do I have? But yeah. Uh, <laughs> how much time do I have to put together all these montages? Like, right. I don't know. That took a lot of time. To but put uh, yeah, it was a crazy game and um, it was a crazy game. And yeah, if they put it, the extra point. If they the put the thing is, it was a crazy game because of how bad the teams were. That's the point. It was a crazy game because of incompetence, which is mostly a college football thing. Well, Baylor, another team that was ranked way higher than they should have. That's yeah. another bullshit thing, too. Baylor being Baylor was ranked. How good is Baylor? <laughs> like, Baylor tends to be overranked. That's a little bit of a and, Baylor. Thing. Yeah, but Baylor should have won the game. But yeah, it was. Uh... I think Baylor should have won the game. I had BYU, and it was. I think I had BYU, so I thought that was it was a steal. But um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was not a good uh, it was not a good uh, coaching performance, and there's a reason the game went under. All right, so uh, who is the biggest loser of the weekend besides me? Is it Notre what? Dame? Is it A and M? Is it Scott Frost? Is it um, Nebraska? I would say Nebraska, not Scott Frost. Is it Nebraska, right. A&M, or Notre Dame? Am I, I mean, I, somebody? I, I have to go with uh, A&M. I mean, you talk about a new coach, and um, at I know he was there for a while, but at um, Notre Dame, they lost to Ohio State, which before the Texas game, that was the best loss of the year, apparently, uh, that Ohio State uh, only won by 11 that game. But uh, – so, I mean, it, Notre Dame is what it is. Texas A&M, you're talking about a team in Appalachian State that gave up 63 points the week before. They scored 14 points. Yeah. And they, and it was almost exclusively from running the ball, too. Yeah. Um, tech, but, like, here's the thing with A&M. They had the top recruiting class. Right. But that's that'll come in, like, two years down the road. But And also, do recruiting classes – matter that much anymore in this yes. age of transfer in tr- with the well, all- they matter less i agree with you that they matter less especially i think coaching hires matter more than recruiting classes because with the transfer portal you right. can just bring players but they still matter a lot i mean you look at recruit i mean yeah. to be fair you've always seen things like michigan many years has had top recruiting classes and they've flamed out in the season so it's not it's not only a thing with like you look at like some coaches are also better at recruiting than they are at actually coaching. Um, and James also, it's Franklin. not it's not it's not basketball where like it's it depends what position you know you could get like three five star quarterbacks. Say you got three five star quarterbacks, you'd have the best recruiting class, but you can only use one of them. Like it also matters what position you're getting, you know, how you're getting the recruits. It's no, not you're right. Or one guy, can you're right, them. and it's also based on five-star, four-star, who's really deciding this? We don't really know. I mean, it, but recruiting is important. It is very important in college football. Um, I disagree with you, by the way. I don't think Texas A&M are the biggest losers. I think Nebraska are the biggest losers of the weekend. Think about this for a second. And this all goes into Scott Frost getting fired. Um, 
I think Nebraska are the biggest losers of the weekend because at least with Texas A&M, Jimbo Fisher is in his fifth year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fifth year, his fifth season. Um, they lost a horrible game to Appalachian State, um, but at least they – let's put it this way. They spent a ridiculous amount of money for Jimbo Fisher to so far be about the same thing as Kevin Sumlin. Their records – his record in his first 50 games is 35 and 15. Kevin Sumlin's was 36 and 14. So essentially not much different. They paid Appalachian State $1.5 million to play him. Yeah, that's another thing. They paid – Appalachian State, $1.5 million to then get beat by Appalachian State. Uh, that's another thing. But I do honestly think Nebraska are the biggest losers this weekend because they paid – they basically gave Scott Frost a dumpster uh, – they almost they might as well have given Scott Frost like a blank check. He was like right. – he's he's got to be like the highest paid employee in the entire state of Nebraska. <laughs> like – I don't. I can't imagine anybody in Nebraska gets paid got paid more money than Scott Frost. I could be wrong, but you know, right. I, and for him to be worse, for for him to be worse than Mike Riley, okay, one, uh, Scott Frost won fewer games in four seasons than Mike Riley did in three. Like Mike Riley won. Uh, I, I wait. Let me double check this. He, uh, Mike, Scott Frost won. Scott Frost won 16 total games in Nebraska. Mike Riley won 19. Right. Like in total, that's total games that they won. Like, look, yet now they're paying Scott Frost a $15 million buyout to, to just not coach and now have, uh, and now have, um, they're paying him a $15 million buyout to not coach. That's what they're doing. And they're the biggest losers of the weekend because Texas A&M, they paid $1.5 million for Appalachian state, but at least they're not paying a 15. They didn't pay $15 million. And here's the thing. If Nebraska had waited until October 1st to fire Scott Frost, they would have paid half of that, $7.5 million. I, I mean, I don't understand the move for a couple of reasons, but I never understand this. They're, I mean, this they're one and two. They're not doing anything this season. They're paying him a lot of money. I don't understand why you fire him in week three. Did they yeah, I understand they sucked, but why not just wait till the end of the season? And not only that, like just a couple of years ago, they gave him like a huge extension. Yeah. And he's doing the same thing that he was doing. I mean, he didn't lose to Georgia Southern, but you could have seen this coming. They weren't a good team. Right. I mean, he's not that he was a good coach, but they're also, I mean, if you give someone that big contract, there had to be some patience in there, no? I mean. Well, he's been there a long time. He's been there for four years. They expect you to do something. But like the thing is, I would the thing is, they couldn't have expected that much from him. Because it's Nebraska. They're not that they're not exactly a storied program. They're not they haven't. But I think won they were upset about the Northwestern. They are certainly a storied program, but I don't I think they were upset about uh, the Northwestern game as well. That too. He, he, um, he did a, an is, onside kick for no reason. And the thing is, he's just bad as a coach. Like he right. isn't any good. And it, 
But, right. but I can't imagine this was a smart move, though. Like, firing him then when they could have just saved $7.5 million, how much worse would it be if they kept him around? Is, right. I, I don't really understand that logic. Like, if I'm, like, if I'm there, I'm like, well, let's just save $7.5 million and wait till October 1st. Right. Like, is it worth seven and a half million dollars to fire him now as opposed to a couple weeks? Like, I don't get yeah. that one. <laughs> like, I like uh, either they think he is that bad and we got to get him out like right now. I think maybe it had a little bit to do with like they were afraid of the fans' reactions. I think the fans turned on him and they didn't want him around. I think that had something to do with it. Um, but the thing is, I'm never going to criticize a coach for for their team being bad or not being better mm-hmm. when they weren't good when they took over. Like, if Nebraska right. was just still Nebraska, like Mike Riley's Nebraska when Scott Frost took over, I wouldn't yeah. criticize Scott Frost that much. But the thing is, Mike Riley won more games in three years yeah. than Scott Frost did in in four full seasons. So, it, like, how can I even say that? Because like, at least Nebraska has been relevant for a certain – for a couple of months in a few seasons when Mike Riley was Mike the head coach. Yeah, you yeah, can't no. say that about Scott Frost. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. I don't know. Scott Frost. And by the way, with Scott Frost being fired, he is there. I would say he's the biggest winner of the weekend. He's going to be $50 million to do Absolutely. nothing. I got paid $15 million to do nothing. At worst, it's an insult to his ego. I could take that for $15 million. Absolutely. <laughs> like, yes. hey, man, I'm set. I mean, I'm not doing anything for like 15 years. That's a million dollars a year right. to do nothing. So, right. you know, he'll get another job somewhere. Um, but who cares? It's fifteen million, and Nebraska. I mean, not only that, he gets to avoid so many miserable cold games, right? Like that, he's going to have to coach. So you know, he's the big winner. So congratulations to him. You do um, well. All right, so I, I want to do a little. Um, I want to pick some games. Okay. Um, I want to do Cal at Notre Dame. Who do you have here? Notre Dame. I'm laying 11 with Notre Dame. They're going to win a game. They'll probably kill Cal. Uh, I love the spot they're in. Yeah. Okay, so I, I disagree with you. I took Cal. I took Cal. Because think- I don't think Notre Dame could cover 11.5 points against anybody. And I look, I don't want to rub it into Notre Dame fans. I get it. You're in a lot of pain right now. But I, And I'm not saying this to like bat, just to bash Notre Dame, even though I, I do have a history of doing that. Notre Dame – looked so bad against like they they didn't just look bad against Marshall just offensively they're so inept they don't even have a quarterback you think they'll you, you but okay Cal Cal beat UNLV by six points yesterday uh, the last week I mean they're gonna you, Notre Dame will win a game at some point they're at home 230 nobody's gonna be paying attention everyone thinks Notre Dame stinks I, I love them laying the 11 they'll kill they'll kill Cal I don't think I don't think Notre Dame could cover eleven and a half points against any Power Five team right now. It looks other than like Rutgers or something like that. Uh, I don't think they can do it against anybody. They're just so inept. Look what they did against Marshall, and now they have a backup court. They don't even have their quarterback. And their quarterback play is a disaster. Notre Dame's Cal is not a good team though. So no, I don't think either are good teams. I'm not I, look. I think Notre Dame will win outright. I'm not saying I think Notre Dame is going to lose, but. 11 and a half points? No way. I don't like Notre Dame to cover 11 and a half points. I would give you like seven. I would give you maybe 10 points, but 11 and a half points, I don't see it. I don't see it. Um, are you taking this BYU at Oregon? 
Yeah, this is my pick of the week. I've got about three units on it. Uh, I love Oregon. I agree. I like Oregon. Uh, The first game, I mean, you have to throw the first game out. Georgia's that good. Oregon's a good team. BYU, here's the thing. BYU, they they stormed the field at the end of the uh, um, game last week, right? So I love to pick against a team that had a field storm the week before. Uh, That's a big emotional win. It's hard to get get up for the next game. Oregon's better than BYU. Like I said, I don't think BYU can get up for the game. It's in Oregon, and um, I love Oregon. I I actually agree with you. I'm not the biggest fan of Bo Nix, but I do like Oregon to win this game. Uh, Minus three and a half shouldn't be that bad. it's also a 58 and a half over. I think I would probably take the over in that game, which I probably shouldn't because uh, – which, which I probably shouldn't because that kind of screwed me over uh, last week. It is – the over is – let me just double check. Yeah, 58. The over-under is 58 in this game. So I would yeah. probably take the over. Yeah, I, I, I would just be worried about um... – I would just be worried about uh, uh, or or uh, BYU not being able to score. Yeah, or just not being able to kick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so all right, I, so Oklahoma at Nebraska. Nebraska's giving eleven and a half. Although I just checked, I think it might actually be eleven now. Oklahoma, Oklahoma is giving eleven and a half. I'm sorry, Oklahoma's Nebraska. I meant to say is getting eleven and a half, not giving. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love uh, I love Nebraska interim head coach. Don't think Oklahoma's that good, and um, yeah, I just don't think Oklahoma's that good. And uh, I think uh, they I, I like I like a team with an interim head coach. I think Nebraska is not good, but they'll get up for a game. I like the over. First of all, I'm playing the over because I just Oklahoma. You just play the over, and uh, but I like Nebraska. Oh, I, I don't agree. I agree with you on the over part, but I don't agree with the Nebraska part. I like Oklahoma. Oklahoma the thing is, I, I don't think – I'm not that high on Oklahoma right now. I'm not. But Nebraska is just so bad. First of all, Nebraska's defense is horrible. Like, they gave up 44 points to at home to Georgia Southern. Yeah, that's – yeah. I like, like, I mean, like, that's just a disaster. And it, it, it's not even, like – like, they're just so horrible that, like, in order for Nebraska, like, even if Oklahoma plays a bad game, which I could see happening, I could see Oklahoma getting off to a slow start in the first half, like they did against Kent State. But, like, even if that happens, I don't see, even if that does happen, I still think Oklahoma covers 11 points. See, this is, I, 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 I think I, it's down to 11 now for last night. It's 11. I have it 11. But, See, I, I completely disagree. This is a game where you'll know on the first possession if Nebraska is going to cover. If Nebraska get a big stop defensively or if they get the ball first and they go down the field, they'll cover. If but they, the thing is Nebraska's defense is so bad, they're going to have to cover for like – they're going to have to actually do something for like four quarters. Even if Oklahoma – even if Oklahoma struggles, like I said, in the first half. In fact, I actually took Nebraska first half plus seven and a half in this game. Um, because I'm that confident that Oklahoma is not that good. But the thing is, even if Oklahoma doesn't play well, they could still easily cover 11 points. I mean, right. even if they were to win by two touchdowns, I mean, th- that's not even necessarily a great game for Oklahoma. And I don't know. I'm just not too high on this whole interim head coach thing. I mean, what do what do I really know about 
about this injury. They're going to get up for the game. Maybe. I will say I do know about his whole history with Oklahoma. That does, that did sway me a little bit, but I just don't. At the same time, just from a logistics standpoint, I don't see it with Nebraska. I I'm, I would take Oklahoma minus twelve minutes, minus uh, eleven or eleven and a half. For, for, yeah. By the way, just for people who don't know what you're talking about, the the interim head coach of Nebraska was the quarterback for Nebraska in the '90s, and his career was ended yeah, on Mickey a Joseph. cheap shot out of bounds, which in which he was playing Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. So that would be something. Um, hey, I would like to see him win, I guess. It would be a really great thing for his career if he were to take over the program. Absolutely. Take over a dumpster fire and beat, and beat Oklahoma, one of the powerhouses. Right. So that would be a really amazing thing for him. So right. I would like to see it, but I don't know. I don't see it happening. Um, so I also want to do – uh, Fresno State at USC minus 10 and a half. Are you going to take this one? Uh, I haven't played that one yet. I'll play it on Saturday night. Love USC. I agree. Love the USC, USC this game. USC is this team. Like like I said, we don't know exactly how good USC is considering they haven't played anybody other than Rice and Stanford. And just because they blew them out like means that, they're, that they can play well against good competition. Yes. But they're blowing everybody out. So 10 and a half points, like – if they if they can blow out Stanford yeah. like that, they should be able to blow out Fresno State by way more than ten and a half points. Even if they play a horrible game, like if yeah. they win by two touchdowns, that's a bad game for USC. I I, I agree. I I love USC here. Love love USC. And I also love USC to win the Pac-12. Like I said, we don't know much yet, but in terms of their offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency, they are so much better than they were last year. They should easily be able to beat Fresno um, State by more than this. Yeah, I agree. I don't know. Uh, on the Pac-12, I don't know if they beat Oregon. But to, on Saturday night, yes, I agree. Love USC. I also think that it looks a little um, – I, I think this line is just low. I, yeah, in fact, I just double-checked to make sure I didn't make a mistake on this graphic that Fresno State's playing at USC. I just yeah, wanted to make – I've got 11.5 right now. It's 11.5. Okay, so I figured it, it would go up a little bit. Um, so Still I love low. this one. Um, Still low. How about Miami at Texas A&M? Are you going to take this? Yes. I don't know gonna... Yeah, that, that was uh, one of my picks as well. I love Texas A&M. Um, again, I like the spot. They got beat at home by a bad team. I think they get up for this game. They're going to win a game at home. They're going to be, I think, a decent team. I think they'll, they'll beat Arkansas next week too. But uh, Miami's played literally nobody in their first two games. Now they go away to uh, Texas A&M. I like Texas A&M to cover. I'll lay six and a half. You know, I went back and back and forth about this. The thing is, I think Texas A&M should win, but can't you see this be? I don't know. I'm I'm probably not going to touch this game. Maybe I'll. I'll, I might just go with the under. But I'm leaning A&M. I'm leaning A&M because I don't see Texas like like I don't think Miami's any good. No, and I don't see them losing two straight home games. I don't see them. You know, I I think they're going to get up. I think they've been embarrassed by Appalachian state, they're going to wake up. Uh, I, I, I like them in the spot. And by the way, the line has now gone down to six. So I, it's moving toward Miami, but I'll, I'll take Texas A&M. Yeah. My, Miami played Bethune and Southern Miss. Correct. At like, both at home. Yes. Yeah. Both at home. So I'm like, what do we really know? Miami could be a JV team for all we know. Um, I know this game um, I shouldn't take, but I'm going to do it anyway. UConn at Michigan minus, minus 47 and a half. Um, 
I don't know what I'm going to do quite yet when it comes to who I'm going to take. Um, probably Michigan, but I, I love the under in this game. The under, the over under is 60. In these games, always take because normally what I would do in these games last week, I took Hawaii and the under. I might take UConn and the under, although I'm definitely going to take the under. I might take UConn. The only reason is because the spread is a little bit uh, it's a little bit small, so I think it's a little low. I think so. Nebraska, uh, Michigan could easily cover, but in these games, I usually when Michigan plays these really like nobody teams, I usually take Michigan to cover and the under because at some point Michigan just stops trying, which is what right. they did against Hawaii. Yeah, I, I I wouldn't touch this this uh, this game with a ten foot pole. But I mean, UConn is. Uh, Horrific football team. They lost forty-eight fourteen at home last week. Uh, to yeah, at home last weekend to Syracuse. But Michigan has to score forty-eight just to cover it. Um, I don't know if Michigan scores forty-eight. So I think Michigan could score forty-eight. They might not try to. Right. They would just pull their starters, knowing Michigan. Like they tend to. That's what that's what they tend to do. So yeah, I, I, I would. I would take the under. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know if UConn will get the ball past midfield. Yeah, I, I'm going to take the under two. I might take Michigan, but I don't know. I mean, a UConn, but I don't know. UConn is just so bad, so I'm definitely going to take the under. Yeah, I wouldn't touch the spread. All right, so I, I want to do um, – this is one last game that I'm going to do. Um, Georgia at South Carolina. Do you like, are you going to take this? Uh, another game I wouldn't touch. I, Georgia's going to beat them, but do they – 25, do they cover? Feel – this looks like a backdoor to me when I first saw it. I agree. That's why I'm taking South Carolina. The thing is, I think South Carolina, they were at least competitive against Arkansas last week and didn't win. And whenever South Carolina has a halfway decent team, which they seem to this year, they always seem to play Georgia pretty tough. And they're playing at home. Correct. And they're playing at South Carolina. So even if Georgia blows them out, yeah. which I could see I could see them blowing I could see them winning by a lot in sort of a low scoring game. So even if that happens. I mean, that's a lot of points for Georgia to cover. Georgia might not even – like, I just don't see that. I don't see Georgia covering this game. I can see them winning by, like, three touchdowns, but, like, three right. points is a lot. Yeah, I, I agree. It looked like a backdoor to me as well. And, and I do kind of like Spencer Rattler. Um, so yeah. I, so I, I think that South Carolina is just too good for the spread to be that big. And I don't I think – like, at some point, I think that they're going to – I think Georgia's going to run the ball a lot, and they're not going to try to – they're not going to, like – uh, air it out. So I think the, I think South Carolina plus twenty five is the pick. I, I agree. Um, all right, so let's do this one debate topic that we love to do. Not okay. to get too political here. Um, the twelve team playoff. Okay. So you like the twelve team playoff? Love it. You love the twelve team playoff. You love the twelve team playoff. Correct. I don't. Not only do I not love it, I actually hate it. Um, although it might benefit me in this show a little bit, uh, potentially, but it's a terrible, I, I don't like it for a lot of reasons. I think it's bad for college football. Um, explain to me why you like the 12 team playoff. Yeah, this is a, 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 might be the worst take you ever had. I mean, it's so much better for everything. First of all, your, your take that it, you have a take that it makes the regular season worse. That's complete opposite of what it does. Makes the regular season better. So much more games that mean stuff at the end of the year. Uh, the rivalry games will still mean things, but I mean the the events being of that you're going to have a playoff game in another team's at a team's home stadium 
in college football is going to be amazing. The games are going to be amazing. The teams that are the best teams are still going to win. Alabama will still win. Georgia will still win. They get a bye. So that, that you're playing for the bye. I mean, this is a, it's going to be an amazing event to have these playoff games, one game elimination games and at, on a campus. I mean, it's unbelievable. This is going to be amazing. More football. I don't understand how that's a bad thing. Well, it's not more football, exactly. Yes, it is. Well, okay, yeah, I guess you could technically say it's more football. But uh, I don't like the 12-team playoff because I do think it makes the regular season less meaningful. Um, I think it causes a lot more problems. Um, I hear so many people, so many of the same people talk about how they're sick of teams like Alabama and Ohio State and uh, Georgia or whatever. Like, all these teams that always make it or whatever – it's true, there's not that many teams like that, but teams that, you know, always make it or whatever. Uh, I think that makes that problem a lot worse. Good luck uh, with a 9-3, and three. even if Alabama has a hard What do you think year. happens now? What do you think happens now in the playoff? What do you think but happens now? It would be worse. Okay, you would still have – okay, think about this for a second. Do you think Alabama or Ohio State would ever not make the playoff? Ohio State like, – okay, Ohio State would have made the playoffs every year. If they if they are been a twelve team playoff, the only reason Ohio State has missed the playoff, which many people are sick of Ohio State, the only reason they've even missed the playoffs because there was a fourteen playoff. It, I do think it helps the Big Ten a lot because the Big Ten has a lot of bubble teams. And by the way, let me be clear. I do think there's some advantages to it. I do think there's some advantages to it. You would see some teams that would get in, who. Uh, that otherwise wouldn't have gotten in who could have competed for a spot. But that's why I'm in favor of more of like a 16 playoff, not a 12 team playoff. Cause there are never 12 teams that are good enough. And I, the, like that doesn't create more parity. That just means that, okay, some George. Okay. I, I'll give you the 12 seed in 2014. For instance, I, I could go through, I have a list in front of me. I could go through the 12 seed every year, a, a nine, a, a three loss Georgia tech team in 2014 in 2015, the 12 seed was Ole Miss. In 2016, the 12 seed was Oklahoma State. In 2017, the 12 seed was UCF, so they could have actually – I would have been in favor of them getting a shot, but that's about it. Uh, the 12 seed in 2018 was Penn State. Should Penn, should a three-loss Penn State team have gotten into the playoff? They couldn't have competed against any of the playoff teams. What are you talking about, though? That there was there was four there was four teams last year. Neither of those games were close for a second. Okay, then how do you think it would be with the twelve team playoff then? So you think the twelve seed is going to be able to compete? But they're going to the but the, the the top teams get a bye, so they're not playing the one seed. They're playing okay, the three seed, the six seed, or whoever they're playing. Okay, but I'm in favor of the bye. I'm in favor of the bye. That's why I like the six seed to play the six seed to, to play the three seed. But if Michigan got crushed. By like Georgia last year, uh, the twelve last year. Let me just double check this. Last year, the twelve seed was Pitt. So you don't think, it, and the three seed was Georgia. You don't think Georgia would have blown out Pitt a lot worse? But they, than they blew, blew out Michigan. Michigan was ranked three. I'm sorry, Georgia was ranked three. But the argument is stupid because they blew out Michigan. Michigan Alabama was killed Cincinnati. Two. Georgia was ranked three. Would Georgia not have blown them. out Pitt worse than they blew out Michigan? It would have been a blowout either way. But it would have been worse had it been against Pitt. That, they, that, that game would have been a waste of time. 
That game would have been a total. Waste waste, it was a waste of time this year. Except not only that, did you want to year. see Ohio State in the playoffs last year? Would you rather have seen Ohio State in the playoffs? Yes. You would rather have seen Ohio State and Notre Dame in the playoffs. I know you don't think that. Correct. Over would, after losing two games, one after losing to Michigan, you don't think it would have been better that it ended Ohio State's playoff chances? You don't think that's better than if they get in anyway? No, because the game still matters. They're still going to care about it. And last year, so like last year, Wisconsin played Minnesota in an essentially meaningless game. If they played that in the, the next year, the same exact game, same exact rankings, that would have been a winner gets into the playoff game. Wait, hold on. Where, um, okay, so Baylor was ranked seven. You wanted to see – so let me get this straight. Notre Dame, Ohio State, Baylor, Ole Miss, Oklahoma State, Michigan State, Utah, and Pitt. All would have made it. Yes. In the play. Yes. More more yes. teams more teams get better exposure. It's better for for recruiting to other places. It's listen. Also, Penn State played Purdue in the first game of the season. They almost lost. Penn State loses that game. First game of the season in September. The season is over for them. Not necessarily. It would not be with the twelve team playoff. But the thing is, okay, a team like Penn State obviously help benefits from a twelve team playoff. In fact, I, I think they benefit. Penn State is always sort of good enough to be in, like, the top 12 or whatever. Uh, no team season is over because of one loss. Oh, that's not true. That's not true. Unless your schedule is so, so bad with a 16 playoff, certainly not. Because if Penn State – the thing is, Penn State is just usually, other than 2016, they're just never good enough anyway. Whether they win that game against Purdue or not – they're very rarely ever good enough. I mean, other than that one year when they were really good, they were, they're never good enough anyway. So their season wouldn't have been over because they played Purdue. It's because they would have lost to Ohio state, lost to Michigan. Like all it of would have been over happen. in week one, but it wouldn't have been over in week one. I mean, but the thing is if Penn state were to lose to Purdue in week one and then go on to beat Ohio state and Michigan and Michigan state, and then win the conference, they would be in the playoffs. That's not even debatable. But uh, this is it just the, the more games matter. The, listen, the seven when they went to seven teams in the NFL, th- there's ten times more games that matter late in the NFL season. There's going to be more games that matter. There's going to be great scenes when the team is hosting a playoff game. I mean, this is a, a, a great thing. I, I don't understand how somebody could be a college football fan and, and, and disagree with it. I mean, you think that you think that you think that if hold on, if, hold on a second. Wait, wait, wait. You, you think that if if the season, if the if the twelve team playoff, that Alabama is not going to still try and win every game? I mean, I think they will, but I mean, teams could just. Th- Let me ask you. I don't know if you know the answer to this. Is there going to be automatic bids, or is it just going to be top twelve? No automatic bids. No automatic bids. Okay, so if there's no right automatic now, bids. So I agree. No automatic. At least there's no automatic bids. Um, which is good because uh, I'm very anti-automatic bit. But if Alabama – I'm not saying Alabama is not going to try to win every game. Obviously, they always will. But don't you think that te- Texas A&M beating Alabama last year meant a lot more if there's less of – I mean, they ended up making it anyway. Alabama got was two, 10 minutes away from winning the championship, though. Right. They ended up winning anyway. But what I'm saying is that – that win from Texas A&M means so much more if there's not a 12-team playoff. If Alabama goes nine – I mean, by the way, Alabama, even if – even other than that one year 
when uh, two, three years ago when Mac, when uh, Tua got hurt. Outside of that year, Alabama was top 12 every year. And even then, they were realistically probably a top 12 team, even with, even with the injury. Uh, even, realistically, they probably were. The, the committee just wanted to, you know, dis- they wanted to uh, distance themselves from SEC Alabama bias or whatever, which I think they realistically probably were a top 12 team. Uh, that's going to happen every year. So all this team, all these teams that people say that they're sick of seeing in the playoff and teams that teams like Alabama, Ohio state, it's going to one, it's gonna, eventually probably going to be Notre Dame once they get their act together because they don't play, they, they're not in a conference and some years they play very easy schedules. So that's all. They're all just automatically going to be getting in. They lose a regular season game. They're in the playoff anyway. Okay. The, the NFL that you could, the Giants have won at nine and seven. The NFL regular season is great. I mean, it do, it do, it's not it's as good as college football regular season. The college regular season is better, not just for that reason, but for a lot of other reasons too. But that's one of the reasons. Yeah, I I, I, I don't understand. The, the argument is it doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, you you're, the best teams are going to win. The, the college football playoff is already a sham with. Half the games are uh, – the first two games are always blowouts. Um, college football has a lot of blowouts anyway. But the thing is, don't you think it would be worse if it's a 12 seed playing a three seed? No. No. You don't? I don't. And you're going to get the game in, on the campus. I mean, it's 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 going to be great, I think. But I, that's I why I'm in favor of a 16 playoff. Second of all, I don't know if you agree with me because you might actually agree with me on this point. Um. It is way harder. Now, this is not an argument for or against an expanded playoff. It's just an observation. It is a lot harder to for the committee. It makes their jobs harder to decide a 12-team playoff, like to, to, to distinguish the top 12 teams than it is to distinguish the top four teams. Like the top two teams most years are pretty easy to figure out. Top twelve, way harder. It is way harder. That makes it even better. It makes it there's going to be there's going to be more debate, more more things like that. The other thing is that uh, the the buys are are important because that's going to make the regular season almost similar because you want that buy. You don't want to play an extra game. I agree with you on that. That part of it is good. I'm for buys. I am for that. That's why, like I said, I would like a sixteen playoff. By the way, I might change my mind. Maybe. They'll prove to me that the 12 team playoff is great. I don't know. Um, I'm open to that possibility. I just don't see it. All right. So we don't have much time left. So thanks so much for coming on. Thank thanks you. for listening, everybody. Um, we'll be uh, we'll be back next. I'll be back next week. Uh, this is out of line. Peace out. Peace, everybody. <laughs>